Good day, everybody. This is Yaku Boyens. I had the absolute honor to speak at Upper Room Dallas this past weekend and deliver a message of what it could look like if we truly become a resting place for God. How would that impact our culture? A culture that has embraced sexual immorality, a culture that lacks identity, a culture that wants to define for the youth what they should look like, and a culture that has abandoned truth. What it would look like is we would become a resting place for the Lord, both the house of God, the body of Christ, but you as a temple of God would become a resting place for the Lord. And he would literally press out of you all things that are not of God. He would take up all the real estate and partnering with him. And thereby we can battle these issues. If you struggle with sexual immorality or need help, we want to help you and have the resources to do so. Please visit our website, yakupoyansministries.org. God bless you. I promise you, um, good evening. I promise you, I'm going to scoot this back a little bit because it's going to get, we're going to have motion in this presentation. Um, I promise you the honor is mine. Um, this house has fed my family. My kids learned how to prophesy in this house and in the school. And so to the Millers, Michael and Larissa, such gratitude. Aaron and Kevin and families and Jelu and the elders. Um, and then the security staff, Kyle and team, Jason, thank you. This house is a house of prayer. It is a house that serves the Lord morning, noon, and night. But this is a different hour. I am a different guy. I was born and raised in Africa, and I just, if you don't like what I have to say, just say, ah, he's from Africa. <laughs> but I tell you this, we're going to dive into this book. Because this book, if you believe it or not, is the absolute truth. You can receive revelation from this book by the Holy Spirit, but you do not get to, nor do I, get to interpret this book. And we're in an hour in our country where there's interpretation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where God himself looked at it and said, I don't know what son you're talking about. I don't know what son doesn't value life. I don't know what son you're talking about that would judge when you're not the judge. I don't know what son, I don't know what son, because the son I sent, the son that I made an agreement with in heaven before I sent him to earth to get a physical body, that son received an, an assignment from God. There was a conversation by the triune, if you know Michael Miller, uh, a year ago, Three of them were dancing, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in unison was dancing in heaven and said, Son, I have an assignment because my people, my sons and daughters are not getting it. I destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I flattened the earth with water. I had Noah on the ark. I've done it over and over. I scattered the nations at Babel. I no longer know that they will get it. And I choose not to kill those who I made. So I'm going to send you, Son. Will you take this mantle? And it was an agreement by Jesus Christ to say, send me, Father. I will do your will. So I'm asking you today, what did Jesus do? What did he do? 
And don't give me Christianese. Yaku, he died on the cross. We saved, set free, sanctified, beautiful, washed my sins away. Tomorrow morning, my grace is new. That's fantastic. Well done. You just went into first grade. That is the beginning. It is not the destination. Stop living like your salvation was some sort of a destination. Because the second you do, the second you do, you make it about you. And it's not about you. It's not about me. My children are not my children. They're God's children. I'm just a steward. If I get it right just a little bit, I will steward them. They're not mine. When I claim them, I say, God, let me take this one. And I step ahead of him. And I say, oh, I will, I will tend to their personalities. I will be their protector. I'll make sure when I sleep and they're awake that nothing happens. No, no, I don't want that assignment. God, help me steward this. Or the parable of the talent. What does he say? Are you stewarding it? Well, because I will return and the master will ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And if you multiplied it, I will give you more. And if you buried it, I will take it from you. Trust me today, you will stand alone. My wife that loves me, my children that love me will not stand in front of Jesus Christ with me the day I meet him. They won't get to. The groups you follow socially that want to give you an identity, they will not be with you. They won't be there. Call them whatever you want, whether it's BLM or whatever, they will not be there. Yet we park treasure with them. Yet we invest with them. The social structure in your school, in your community, they will not get to stand with you in front of Jesus Christ when he says, what did you do with what I gave you? And you want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. My wife, Truman's wife, will not get to say a single thing. Larissa, Michael Miller's wife, Sarah Beth will not get to say one thing. She will not get to say, but Jesus, Aaron was an amazing father. You don't know. When I was out of my mind crazy, week 39 pregnant, he showed up and he brought me my favorite ice cream. And as an amazing dad, she won't get to. You're going to stand alone. Alone. I recommend that you're willing to stand alone with him right now. And the only way you can stand alone with him today is if you do something that David recognized that he had to do. David recognized that he needed to build a temple because the ark did not have a home. And David was perplexed. And he stayed up at night and he said, I will not sleep. I must build a place for God to rest. And then he did. But the people thought that you could allow a temple. And this is a temple. That's a temple. That's a temple. Kyle's a temple. You're a temple. They thought that you could have the ark in the temple, but also a God called Dagon. Dagon... 
is the master of Baal. Baal is the master of child sacrifice in Malok. Malok is the one that threw children in a pit in hell that are sex trafficking kids today. Those who are trafficking children in this city, number one city in the United States for trafficking children, Dallas, Texas. Number one. Number two today, Frisco, Texas. Number one city for fentanyl death in America today is Frisco, Texas. Satan goes after areas where people say that they love God. Satan went after Eve in the garden. What makes you think he will not come after you in Dallas, Texas? This is not a game. I've had decades, if I wanted to be lukewarm, to be lukewarm. This room, you don't have it. My generation, Kevin's generation, we had some time. You don't have it. God decided that you were born when you were born. You don't have it. You're about to enter an hour in this nation where you're going to see God spew the lukewarm out. You cannot be lukewarm. You cannot in your temple say, I want God and Dagon. I want God and pornography. I want God and depression. I want God. You cannot take a piece of you, a piece what God created of real estate, of your heart, your soul, and say, Satan, you can have this piece because I want to be in agreement with you Here's what happened to the god Dagon when the, when the ark was brought into the temple. They woke up the next morning and Dagon was laying on his face. This is a 50-foot statue. Fell on his face because the power that came in with the ark of the covenant, the power of God, knocked him over because God will not be mocked. They resurrected Dagon. Pulled him back up. The arrogance of the tribe, the nation of God. And said, no, no, no. Dagon can stand with the Ark of the Covenant. They resurrected Dagon. The next morning, he fell again. But this time, God made a statement. Because this time when they came in, God broke the head off the statue and the hands off the statue. My charge for you tonight is this. You as an individual, you have to become a resting place for God. Not saying you have to rest. No, no, we're not in an hour to rest. And let me help you real quick. Yes, we have fought sex trafficking for 28 years, 50 plus nations around the world. The stuff we see, we come face to face with demons. The things we've seen, I don't want you to see. I don't want you to fish children out of a river that's floating upside down. I, want, I don't want you to see what it looks like when you have a girl that's been savagely abused 15 to 20 times per day for 10 years straight. My own sister is a sex trafficking survivor. I don't want you to see that, but I want you to know this is not a game. Evil is real and it's a prowling lion in the night and it's coming for you especially if you say you're with God the place the game changes if you is if you start walking like you're with God if your actions start showing if you start being accused 
of being a son of God. Like the disciples. No, 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 no. You don't get to deny him, Aaron. You don't get to deny God, Aaron, because I've watched you. I've watched you, Sarah Beth, and you serve Jesus. That is the honor that I want you to have bestowed on you. That they accuse you of saying, no, you are absolutely a son of God. Even when you want to deny him, that they will accuse you and say, no, 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 no. You walk like that Jesus character. You look a lot like Christ. You must be a Christian. But when you speak it and you don't walk it, they call you counterfeit. And now you're vulnerable and Satan says, gates open. I will go for him. Because he doesn't do what he says he believes. So for you to become a resting place for God, it means the following. When God rests in you, there can't be a day gone. There can't be self. So when God rests on you, his spirit will start pressing you. Your generation, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say, I love you. If you know, I love you so much, according to the word of God, that I will correct you. Because let me help you understand something. It is impossible to change culture without changing language. You cannot. Historically, over time, you cannot change culture. You must change language to change culture. Okay, so what is happening today? Oh, let's change language. What is a woman? Wake up, church. It's happening in front of your face. They're literally changing language away from God's language. And we're coming in compliance and we're defending it and we're discussing it like there's even a discussion to be had. It is anti-God. It is anti-Christ. This is the truth. The second you partake in it, you're enabling it. You're giving it fuel. Not you. I sat in that chair tonight and dear God, thank you for that song. I sat in that chair and God said, Yaku, they don't know. I go, God, I think some of them, they say, no, Yaku, my people don't know what I did. They don't understand. You see, when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane and he starts praying, he was so filled with God there was not an inch. There was nothing that was not his father. I say what I, see, I hear my father say and I do what I see my father do. He's so pressed in the hour that blood literally is pressed out of his pores. See, he wasn't just nailed to the cross. One drop of the Messiah's blood. And, and hear me today. Your culture believes a lie. He was fully God and fully man. He was not just man. He was not just man. He could have, with a thought and a word, slayed the whole universe. He could have taken himself from the cross. Of course, he said, Satan, get behind me. I will not live by bread alone. You don't give me these nations. My father owns them. He was fully God on that cross. Because if you take away that he was fully God, you minimize the sacrifice, the compromise. You minimize the fact that in that hour, he was saying, Ivana, Ivana, I'm doing it for, for Kyle. I'm doing it for Sarah Beth. I want you to claim Jesus like he claimed you. 
He says, I'm jealous for you. Are you jealous for him? Are you jealous for him? When last did you contest and say, he's my God? No, no, he's mine, Dan. No, no, he died for me. I want to know fully what he did. See, on that hour when he gets nailed to a tree, sinless, blameless, spotless, undeserving, he was doing it for one reason. He was doing it because his father said, son, this is what's needed for me to save my children. And he said, yes. Dad, if this cup can pass me by, let it be. But if not, let your will be done. I will see it through. And then God pressed him. One drop of the Messiah's blood was enough to save the universe. One drop. Why not, why not just one drop? God said, son, sorry. But I'm going to press you until you've given it all. I'm going to bleed you dry. They will not say, yes, he died for you, but he kept some for himself. They will not say that, yes, he showed up, but there was something selfish in him. You can't. He gave it all. All of it. When last did you give him all? When last did I give him all? And I'm talking all where you become a resting place, where he so rests in you, where you say, this is your dwelling. This is your temple. Yes, this is a resting place. Yes, God rests at the upper room. And yes, you come in here and it's amazing. And we get swept up in the spirit and it's beautiful. But tomorrow you go out there. And tomorrow, when Satan lies to you and culture tells you a woman is not a woman, a womb is not sacred, a child has no value, or they start telling you, listen, uh, uh, we can have a society with no police, or they can tell you anarchy should run the streets, there should not be law and order, and somehow, magically, people will just do the right thing. Those are lies from the pit of hell. You out there better be filled with Jesus so you can take a stand and speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't, you are in fact one who says, I'm with him, but one who walks lukewarm. A couple things that cannot happen in this house. I don't know what's happening at Highland Park, Highland Park Press. I don't want, know what's happening at Dallas Baptist University. I know here this house. This house, you cannot partake in the rise of the Antichrist. You cannot be duped one day to go, no, there's two gods. No, there's, I can serve another because it will be the body. He says, oh, yes, you drove demons out in my name and you prophesied in my name. But depart from me. You do not enter because I don't know you. That scripture should scare Jesus into you. <laughs> A scripture where God says you drove demons out in my name. You prophesied in my name but I don't know you? That is the fear of God that has to descend back on a nation that says, dear God, what have we done? How have we come into agreement with evil? How have I left room in my heart? How have I negotiated with Satan? See, Eve negotiated with Satan and Satan negotiated with Eve, but Satan was a counterfeit. He gives you counterfeit language. 
He'll tell the African-American population that disproportionately forever, you're just going to carry a cross and a burden. And I'm telling you, you will not because he nailed it to the cross. He will tell women, you have no value. A man can become a woman. Easy, easy. Any guy can be a woman. Show me one man that came out of the womb of a man. I'm sorry, people. I love you enough to give you the truth. You cannot show me. Show me. Yes, we're talking about it. Yes, we're flying flags about it. Just bring me one. Not 100. I want one. One human being that came out of the womb of a man. Or show me one human being in this room. Raise your hand if you did not come out of the womb of a woman. Surely we must have hands. Because it's a conversation of the day. We must have hands. Where are the hands? Because it's a lie. It's that simple. It's in this book. It's not to be negotiated. Now that doesn't mean you go and shame people and judge people. It means you go in love and truth. See, truth without love is mean. But love without truth is empty. So we as a nation love empty love. We love love where the one that says he loves you will stab you in the back. will leave you on the side of the road. Or let's do a little challenge. We've got, I don't know, 90,000 people on our Instagram. How about I text on my Instagram when we leave tonight? Hey, I got a flat tire. Anybody will show up to come help me? They won't show up because they're not friends. They're not doing life with me. They're not walking with me. They were not there when my wife had a miscarriage. They don't understand. They're not praying over us. They're not contending for my family, for my children. They're not contending for this house. No, God has put you in a place of proximity where there's people in your life that truly love you. But if you love enough, you will correct in love. But you must be corrected because God says iron sharpens iron. You cannot buy into this new American movement where we think love is whoever makes me feel good. See, love in this country became a feeling. Love is not a feeling. News flash to you, if you're not married yet, ask any married guy. Love hurts. It hurts. Aaron hurts when Sarah Beth go, buddy, you got work to do. This and this and this area, God needs to do a little refinement. But I'm a pastor. He's got work to do. Or when tonight you come to the realization, as I pray you do, that you have partnered with Satan. That there is an area in your life where God is not fully occupying. That you're reserving a spot for your sexual desire and you're justifying it. See, if you watch pornography, and this is not a judgment, I'm just gonna give you some facts. Right now, the number one generation that watches pornography on earth is Gen Z. Gen Z on average watch 70 
7,100 minutes a year of porn. That's 121 hours of your life you will never get back. But more importantly, that's 121 hours of your life that you partnered with Satan. Where God says, but I'm jealous for you. I want that time. And it's not that I say you need to be on your face and praying that time. But I want you to surrender that part, that desire back to him. And you can overcome it. You can tonight, tonight in this room. You can break sexual perversion tonight. You can be set free tonight. You can have breakthrough tonight. Not tomorrow. You don't leave those doors. You can be on your face. And I'm telling you, it's not hard. It is God. I, I am your temple. Fully inhabitate me. Come and rest in this place. Press out of me every sin, every sexual immoral desire like you press through your son. Why is it so important? So that when someone meets you, what they get is not of you. When God presses into you and he fully occupies you, fully your mind, body, spirit, and you start looking more like Christ, looking more like Christ. Then when people meet you, they don't meet you, they meet him. They cannot meet you. They better not meet me. I'm a sinner. I'm fallen. I'm being refined into the image of Christ. But I will tell you something. I've walked a journey. So what has God done for you? When last did you do what God told Abraham to do? Be real now tonight. Do not. And please, let's, be, let's just agree to something. Let's agree that we're going to be intellectually honest, okay? And not lie to ourselves as if we can dupe, dupe God and trick God. Let's just get that out of the picture, okay? Be honest. Because God knows. When last did you build altars of remembrance for the times God rescued you, God walked with you? When last did you remind yourself, you know what? July 16, 2009, 2 o'clock in the morning, God met me on a living room floor when my life was going to be taken. He was there. He was with me. Satan, I remember. You cannot brainwash me. God walks with me. God pulled me through. The night you wanted to commit suicide, when you were... You know, planning it. And yet you woke up the next morning. You build an altar of remembrance. God walked with me. Satan, you're the liar. You're the deceiver. I am a child of God. I am being purified into the image of Christ. When last did you do that? I don't know. But I'll tell you. You remind yourself of your sin. You judge yourself. Let's flip it. When last did you judge yourself? I promise you that ledger is a lot heavier than the one where you remember God walks with you. And I'm not talking about saying it. Living it. Living like you're a son of God. Living like tomorrow morning. He says, what sin? I washed you clean. Do you not know what my son meant when he said it is finished? Do you not know, generation, that you cannot partner with Satan? Do you not know that you don't handle snakes? You cut their heads off. This group, even more than this morning, you are on the clock. Friday, and I really don't care how you feel about it. Because I told you love is not a feeling. 
So when someone doesn't make you feel good, it must mean they don't love you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God tells me as a father, if I don't discipline my seven-year-old, I don't love her. Do you know that every time I discipline my seven-year-old, it hurts me. It hurts my heart to watch her hurt. But then I glorify Jesus because in that moment, I have an opportunity as a father to point her a little more towards Jesus. Or I can just let her be and let the seven-year-old run the house. Or let the millennials today run the town. Or we go steal $930 and nobody should arrest us. Or we burn a building down, throw a rock through a wall, someone else's property. Or we, or we take our phone as a guy and video a woman being punched in the face. Put your phone down and take the blows for her. You don't have time. We did. Our time's up too. Friday, in this nation, 50 years of prayer. 50 years of Christians wailing. A friend of mine said, Yaku, 1984, I was at a march for life. 1984, that woman had two miscarriages. 1984, I said, dear God, dear God, dear God, can you move? 1984, Friday, 50 years of prayer. You want to build an altar of remembrance? I don't care how you feel about it. Here's the truth. Life is sacred. God made you. God made you. Your mother and your father were but instruments. They had nothing, very little to do with it. God decided that you had to be. Hear what I'm saying to you. You are irreplaceable. You are irreplaceable. God has given you a mantle, an assignment, like he gave his son Jesus. There's no difference He says, I made you in my image. His son left and said, now go do greater works than me. That's Jesus talking. Well, wait a minute. You're Jesus. Yeah, but I just gave you the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. You lack nothing. You can overcome fear. You can overcome anxiety. You can overcome depression. He will press it out of you. He will occupy. He will take your mind. Sexual perversion will leave you. Why? Because if you claim God, Satan has to flee. If you look like Jesus, when Satan looks at you, he doesn't see Aaron. He sees Jesus, so he has to bow. Or you invite Satan in and say, Satan, I kind of like Jesus. He saved me. But can you and I just make an agreement that we only have a relationship in pornography? Or can you and I just have an agreement that I just want to hold on to fear a little longer? Or can you and I just make an agreement that I'm just going to be depressed for the rest of my life? Or can you and I just make an agreement that I'm going to keep this generational curse? I'll be an alcoholic too. Or I will divorce too because my father did. And it's just very tough. It's, a, it's hard work. Cut the head off the snake. You cannot leave here tonight the way you came in. If you leave here tonight the way you came in, I will haunt you in your sleep. <laughs> I will pray 
that you don't sleep. I will pray that you become an insomniac until you fully surrender to Jesus. You don't get to walk into the house of God. You don't. You no longer, the game is over. Sorry guys, they should have given you a warning. You should have stayed home if you needed a little more time. Your time is up. You should not have come through this door if you intended to leave the same. Those days are done in your life. They're done in my life. I cannot look tomorrow like I look today. I better have Satan go, what is going on in Yaku's life? I thought I had him figured out. I got an angle to him and I took that angle and now I see Jesus. I got a reposition. Oh, that's right. That's what's happening in the upper prayer room every day. When they go, holy, holy, holy. And I ask God, why do they never stop? He says, Yaku, when they come up, they see me in a way they've never seen me before. And it will never stop. See, you're made in his image. And he's refining you. And he's doing it so that he can send you as a tip of a spear into your community. Into your job. But now we can make this practical. Like work ethic. It's of God. It's of God. What is up with your generation? Sleep until noon. Want to work half a job. I only want to work 20 hours a day because I want to float with Jesus. But then I want to partner with Satan a little bit. Nonsense. It stops. It stops. You're going to be a people that are going to be excellent. Why? Because you have to stand before kings. And you will not stand before kings if you're not excellent. No, David got to go to Goliath because his brothers were not excellent. And God said, oh, you great men, you warriors, you won't go. I will raise up a 13-year-old. And to prepare him, I'll let him kill the lion and the bear with his naked hands. And oh, by the way, David wasn't just sucking on grass, lollygagging like a millennial or a Gen Zer or a lazy baby boomer. He was sitting there with a slingshot, hitting marks, hitting marks thousands of times. He was a marksman. Oh no, Jacob, but David picked up five stones because so if he missed Goliath, no, you don't know the word of God. David picked up five stones because when he walked to him and he said, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? He had five stones because Goliath had four brothers. See, when David walked to Goliath, he wasn't going to kill Goliath. He was going to kill his whole family. He's like, when he drops, when the four brothers come, I got four more rocks. They'll drop too. You know what he did? He cut Goliath's head off. He paraded in the street. And you know what David did then? Read your word. He hunted down all four brothers and he killed all four of them. It's not a game. This is not a game. I am viciously, viciously in love with Jesus Christ. I'm savagely pursuing him. I will hunt Satan in every nook and cranny of my life. If you won't, if you won't hunt him in your life, I will hunt him in your life. And I will remind you that he's a counterfeit, that he's a liar. I will remind you that he's telling women in America that you've got some supernatural weird glass ceiling that you need to break, that you've got something to prove. You are the chosen. You're the one, not Adam. Show me again. Show me where God says, Adam, you will bear children. It will be painful. 
What are we doing? We're negotiating with the devil. Should I remind you when Eve negotiated how it worked out? We're in this room because she negotiated with the devil. Why did Satan go to Eve? Ever asked God? Have you ever asked God why Satan went to Eve and not to Adam? And I firmly believe God made Adam and he looked at him and said, dude, you're not going to make it. I better make you a helpmate. <laughs> why did Satan go to Eve and not Adam? You know why? Because of this. Women have influence. And society is telling you that you're irrelevant. Society is telling you a man can have a menstrual cycle. Heck, Tampax is making tampons for men. That, friends, is insanity. No, women have influence. God made women because you think differently. You can connect every dot, everything. Trust me, ask a married man. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear Lord. I don't know, Kevin, if this has ever happened to you, brother, but you get in a conversation with your wife and she will reach back with her elasto arm 10 years ago and go grab an argument and say, oh, wait a minute, buddy. What about this? And you go, I, what? What? You have a most amazing ability. We don't have it. We're compartmentalized. I'm just talking about the last five minutes. Oh, no, buddy. I've been holding on to this one for years. <laughs> and then you go, that's crazy. And then God says, no, 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 she's onto something. <laughs> she's kind of listening to my spirit. I walked into the kitchen one day and I challenged my wife on this issue. And she said, hey, Yaku, you know when I push your buttons? And I said, yeah, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, oh, I know. And she said, yeah, God told me every time I push your buttons, those are the things he wants you to work on with him. If you're willing to be refined. If you're willing to be pressed. If you're willing to really be loved. Which means in love, correct it you will look more like Jesus. And the result is, Satan will see him in you. And he must bow. He does not have a choice. He cannot co-occupy with God. Dagon will fall on his face. The problem is, if you allow Satan to co-occupy while you say you walk with God, Dagon falls on his face, but you get seriously hurt. You go back. It looks like five years in rehab. It looks like three divorces. It looks like Tom Cruise with the greatest movie of his lifetime, Top Gun 2, and he does not have a single relationship with any of his children. That should break your heart. Because I promise you, when he comes on a cloud, Tom's going to trade every single Top Gun accolade for one moment of a daughter sitting on his lap. Say, Dad, hey, let's pray together.
Let's talk about Jesus. But now, Friday, 50 years of prayer was answered. So here's what happened Friday in the spirit. <clears throat> because people don't understand. Yes, the Supreme Court said, hey, it is not our job as a Supreme Court. We're going to pass it back to the states. But here's what happened. A giant fell Friday. But he has brothers. And the giant fell Friday, but his head is not cut off yet. There's a war. I served. And for those of you who have served or are serving in the military, thank you. I didn't serve in this country. I served in another country, South Africa, where I'm from. Let me tell you something a little bit about war. You can talk war. We can talk third world war. We can talk about Putin, nuclear weapons, Kim Jong-un, little rocket man. We can talk, we can talk. And it's all okay until the first rocket is in the air. That's when you declare war. Not with your mouth. Not with your mouth. It's when the rocket is in the air. Friday, Friday, the believers. The body of believers that for 50 years prayed. God answered your prayer and he fired a rocket. Now, talk's over. Now, it's war. Now, Satan is duly notified that God listened to his people and moved upon a nation. Now, it's war. That's why your time's up. You are now full-fledged in a war that's the war of wars because the war over purpose of life. And let me tell you, that giant that fell has brothers and one of his brothers is called identity and they want to rob your identity. They want to steal your identity. They're changing culture and language to change your identity and you cannot partake in that. You cannot in any way Come into agreement with, with them. The, the world. Think about it. Come on. God says. If my child. They were here this morning. If my child comes to me and says. Daddy I'm hungry. And I say. Here's a phone. What father does it? No. I give food. I'm not going to give counterfeit. I'm going to give you the real thing. So God says to you. I want to give you the real thing. If you let me. Come in and I be you become a resting place for me. I'm going to tell you who you are. I'm going to solidify your identity. And what do we do? No, no, I'd rather have the world tell me. I want the world to tell me. Well, why? Because if you tell me, God, that's a little difficult. I've got to like walk away from sin. I've got to repent. I've got to depart. You've got to come occupy all the space. Well, what about my desires? What about my feelings? Take your feelings to the barbecue and fry them. You've had a lot of time to feel. Now it's time to do. Now it's time to do. Now it's time for you to go into the world and take this beautiful gift. The gift of truth. And if you don't know how, then your prayer is, Dear Lord. Holy Spirit, Counselor, I'm inviting you in to help me speak to my peer group, peer group in truth, but in love. Yeah. 
I don't know how to talk about sexual immorality in love. He will guide you. I don't know how to have the abortion, pro-life, life conversation without love. But I want to speak truth. I don't know how to talk to my African-American sisters and say, hey, there's no limits. There's no limits. You can soar with Jesus. I don't. Then let him guide you. Get wise counsel in the church. But you must speak truth. And you will not unless he fully occupies you. You have to become a resting place for the Lord. Versus coming here Sunday to go to a resting place to have a feeling. When we gather here on Sundays, do you know what's supposed to happen? This is what's supposed to happen. Hey Dan, what did God do in your life this week? Hey, God healed me. Glory to Jesus. Hey, Sarah Beth, what did God do in your life this week? Hey, I got a beautiful sonogram uh, you know, of my child. Glory. And that from thanksgiving, from the move of God, by the words of your testimony, we are compelled to praise him. Because praising him should be a response to what he did. Not an act to get us positioned. If you live it, and he fully inhabitates you, you will spill on people. They will go, well, dear God. I mean, we got to praise him. Yeah. Like 24-7. Why? Because people will see him in your life. And most importantly, Satan will see him in your life. I know this is controversial. When the founding fathers came on a boat... And maybe you haven't. We do at our office. There's 160, uh, David Barton, there's 160,000. Right next to me, there's a vault in our office. There's 160,000 founding documents. And I've held the Constitution, not as it was printed, but written, handwritten, and scratched out. Do you know that in the Constitution, on the second page, they talk about we must abolish slavery in the draft of the Constitution, in handwriting. They don't tell you that because they knew, according to God, men have to be equal. Men have to be free. Do you know that they wrote about writing a Constitution not to have a governance for a country, but to have a governance that would defend and protect the Word of God? Americans have deified the Constitution. They've made the Constitution their Bible. The Constitution is subject to the Word of God. This is the supreme document. This is the document we need to celebrate. Not the Bill of Rights, the Constitution. Heck, what would happen if we fight for this book like we fight for the Constitution? The Spirit will move. God will hear prayers and it won't take 50 years next time. So now as a body, let's celebrate for five seconds and then say, dear God, now what do we do? What, what do you want me to say Monday about Roe v. Wade, God? What do you want me to say about life? What do you want me to say about children? Oh, uh, church, now we got a problem. Will we, as the body of Christ, step in now and help foster kids? Will we now step in and help the single mother? When we now step in and help the single father? When we now say, don't worry, mom, we're with you. Do you know that if the church in America would adopt, there would not be a single foster child in America? 
Ezekiel 33 says, you're a watchman on the wall. Not if you're a watchman on the wall. If you're a son and daughter of God and you gave your heart to Jesus, and if you haven't yet today, we want to invite you. Oh man, what a day. What a day. What a week. Come on. You mark it with this week. Hey, I gave my life to Jesus two days after he heard a 50-year prayer. Hallelujah. But if you are, if you are a son and daughter of God, you carry a mantle that no one else by God's heart can carry. He will accomplish his will, but he has a desire for your life. And I know we went over, and please give me grace. I love you. I appreciate you. But you cannot leave the same. You cannot afford to. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And I'm not here to scare you. I'm just giving you reality. Men in this country, the the average man that buys sex with a child in this country, and I didn't share that this morning. Here's some statistics for you. The average man that buys sex with a child in this country is a father of two that earns north of $100,000 a year. It's not who you think. Do you know that 60% of them will say they're Christian? They have no idea who Christ is. They were born into a Catholic family or there's no relationship. Because if God is in you, that kind of evil can't. Can't. God is a consuming fire. But yet it happens. I tell people sex. I prayed a lot for many, many years. And I said, God, why did you make sex? I mean, goodness. And he said, Yaku, because sex is a weapon. When a husband and a wife, that is one man, one woman. Let's not be confused. When a husband and a wife, one man, one woman come together, the father will leave, the man will leave his house and he will become one with a woman. Every culture on earth. And I'm talking about marriage. For all you singles, don't go think you can dupe God and like use sex as a weapon this way. You can't. But when a married couple, when they're intimate, it's actually not sex, it's making love. When they are intimate, it's a weapon against Satan that bonds them together. But if you engage in sexual immorality, it's also a weapon, but it's a weapon of destruction. So sex is a set of train tracks, and there's only one set of train tracks. There's not multiple. There's no alter universe. There's no metaverse. (laughs) Metaverses of Satan. Metaverse. Hey, I'm going to have you have an avatar. And over there you can go into a brothel. And you can watch naked girls in avatar world. But it won't affect you. It's the same brain. What are we doing? Anyway, one set of train tracks. (laughs) Hey, I may never get invited back. I hope I do. (laughs) I love you anyway. This is the well we drink from. Praise Jesus for upper room. Michael Miller, I love you, baby. I'll kiss you on the cheek. (laughs) Sex is a set of train tracks. At birth, you are a sexual being. Now, some will tell you, okay, well, in that case, let's just teach five-year-olds today in America. Now, by the way, God revealed to us late 2019, 2020, that an evil was coming to America. God showed us in the spirit. We went, we hunted it down. We warned America. I wrote an op-ed for Newsweek. People said, Yaka, you're crazy. We will never teach sex to 10-year-olds. 
We will never teach anal sex to 10-year-olds in the classroom. Well, we are. Surely California, Yakub. Yes, Gavin Newsom was the first guy to sign it into action. Yes, Inslee second. But it's taught in Austin. It's taught in, in Dallas schools. But see, Satan knows it's not a game. He's not going to stop at sexualizing the 10-year-old. No, now he's going for the five-year-old. Now we're sexualizing five-year-olds. Well, here's the deal. Sex is train tracks. You're born, you're a sexual being. You can't turn it off. It's there. But it's designed for a purpose. It's designed for God to build his kingdom. Satan wants to bastardize it. He wants to contort it. He wants to twist it. There's not a single generation or civilization in history that survived that embraced sexual immorality. Not one. Do you know why Esther had to get permission to go to the king? We know the story. Um, I haven't been summoned by the king, but I must go because my people are being persecuted. And I'm going to go. And if he does not hold his scepter out to me, I may die. So if I die, I die. You know why? She didn't sleep in the same bed as her husband. Because she only had one function. Women in the Greek and Roman Empire... And even in the Christian empire had one function, just to give birth. Men in the Roman empire slept with boys. So they fell. The Persian culture embraced sexual immorality. So they fell. The Chinese culture embraced sexual immorality. So they fell. So the CCP came in and said, we're outlawing pornography. We cannot. America chose sexual immorality in 1952 when they embraced Alfred Kinsley, who literally experimented sexual experiments on boys aged six weeks old. And he wrote the sexual manifesto. Everything you know about sex in this country comes from Kinsley. Every book your dad gave you through puberty, everything you've read comes from that man. In 1960, we embrace it. We make it the love is love movement. In 2022, we're teaching it to five-year-olds. See, it didn't happen overnight. It just happened on our watch. Because we're on the wall as watchmen, but we're not warning. We see evil and we go, ah, I'm going to look the other way. And now we're like, dear God, what happened to our country? What do you mean? What, what, what do you mean what's happening? No, it's on our watch. It's on the hands of the church. God's a little more graphic. He says, if you do not warn, go read it. I don't know if we can pull it up. Ezekiel 33, uh, 7. Ezekiel 33, uh, verse 2. Go to verse 2 if we can. God says, if you do not warn while on the wall, the blood that is spilt is on your hands. I didn't write it. If we can't pull it up. Sorry for the Hail Mary. I'm a football guy. Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. Please continue if you don't mind. When he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet. Hey, 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 hey. We can't be touching five-year-olds. Hey, 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 hey. We can't be okay with sexual, sexualizing children. When you warn in your community, hey, when you take a brother and say, brother, I love you, but you cannot be in porn. I'll walk with you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to rat you out, but come on, let's walk together. Let's go to pastor. Let's get help. Let's get you purified. If he does this, 
And he warns the people, next verse please. Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. So if you warn Dallas, Texas and say, Dallas, we're sexualizing children. We cannot say we're a Christian city and sexualize children. If you warn Dallas and Dallas does it, the blood's on their hands. But let's continue to verse 5. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. Verse 6, please. But if the watchman, and that's us, sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person, any child from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at the hands of the watchman. 75 million babies. The blood will be avenged. This is not monopoly. You don't get get out of jail free card. Somebody will pay. Children being ravished in our city because men want to be in agreement with porn. Because men want to self-fulfill, meaning put themselves in front of God. Someone's going to pay. Sorry, it's a tough word, but it's the word. That cannot be you. I, I beg you as your brother in Christ. I beg you, brother, sister. I beg you. It cannot be you. So my invitation to you, if we can do it, Kevin, I don't even know. Just stop me. Tackle me, Aaron, if we. I, I'm already over. But it's important. If there are men in this room, and it is a struggle, it is a trial. No judgment, no shame. But let's start winning this battle tonight. Let's surround you. Let's lift your arms up when you're weary. Even Moses needed that. And let's enter in with you. And let's bring God fully to occupy. And let's see you be set free. We've got the resources. We can help you. You can overcome this thing. Girls, women. The women in the room that has been sexually abused. That have never talked about it. And there's not one in this room. There's many. Because in 2020, the statistic was one in three American women are sexually abused. There's more than three women in this room. This is why I'm saying it's not a game. Satan is not here to play with you. He wants you out. And nothing, nothing on that train track of sex is more dangerous than you going one train stop too far. And you find yourself in the land of sexual immorality. And the train speeds up. Do you know that we've never met a pimp. Or a pedophile. Or a trafficker that was not a porn addict. In 28 years I've never met one. You cannot progress down the track to a place where you start negotiating with Satan. But God is over there. 
please. You cannot negotiate with depression, suicidal thoughts, loneliness, abandonment, victim mentality, the fear of people, insomnia, sickness. You cannot come agreement in agreement with sickness in your body. The second you come into agreement with it, it will grow. And I'm not talking about just living in a dream state. I'm talking about biblical truth. As a man thinks, so is he. I'm talking about letting God in fully to press whatever is in there out. So guys, if you're willing to ask for help, or maybe just even broader, if I may ask the men, if you're willing to just say, look, I want to refocus. I want to refocus. I got to rethink this thing. I, I, I got to go to God tonight. And I got to go get on my face in my house, my apartment, my car. And I got to go surrender things to God. I, I've, I, I have to have him occupy more territory. And it's not even just about sex or pornography. It could be shame, blame, victim mentality, fatherlessness. That's another giant in our land, fatherlessness. That giant needs to die. If you're a guy in the room and any of those conditions, whatever it is, loneliness is in you and you're just willing to say, look, man, I'm willing to take a step towards God and say, occupy more territory. I may be breaking every protocol. I don't know. But if that's you in any way, I'm asking the men, stand, 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 stand. And I want you to know this. Women, women, hear me. Women, do not miss this moment. The guy standing, that's a warrior. That's a watchman on the wall. That's a guy that says, I'm going to start hunting Satan. That's what it looks like. The ones standing are not the ones to be shamed. No, the ones standing are willing to say, I want more Jesus. That should be celebrated. Brothers, I honor you. If you go to him tonight, if you go to him tonight, real, raw, raw truth, You're going to meet him and he's going to press into you and you're going to have a breakthrough and a victory and you're going to become Gideon's 300 and hell has no fury. You are unstoppable. I'm going to pray over you. For now, just quickly take a seat. Women, any of the same conditions anything, the ugly spirit of comparison, inferiority, self-shame, self-blame, word curses you speak over yourself daily. If only I had this, if only that, I'm not, I'm not. Your eating disorder That one's particularly on my heart. Your sexual immorality. 
your struggle with pornography. Yes, women, do you know that 60% of female college students in the United States have shared a naked picture of themselves over text? All for acceptance. All to feel love. Counterfeit. For the woman in the room, I'm asking you tonight to go to war. For where there's been abuse and you've never talked about it, you've never said a word, you are not alone. Satan is lying to you. People will understand. He's lying to you. You will not be ostracized. He's lying to you. The second you speak of it to a trusted source, you will rise up from the ashes, from the dry bones. A woman will rise up and Esther will stand up. The lie is that you should wail in it and carry it and drag that ball and chain for the rest of your life because Satan does not want one thing. For you to be liberated, to have a testimony to set others free. So if you're willing tonight to go to the Lord with whatever that is, abandonment, fatherlessness, self-hurt, I'm going to ask you to stand, if you're willing. There's nothing more beautiful on earth. I've been around the world. I've seen things. Michael and Miller and I played around a golf the other day in mountains. And I mean, it's gorgeous. There's nothing more beautiful on earth than a woman who's in love with Jesus. Nothing is more beautiful when a wife makes Jesus number one and husband number two. Nothing is more beautiful when God's daughters say, Dad, can you come to me? Can you help me? Can you heal me? Can you touch me for a second? I'm willing. I'm willing to be your daughter. I'm willing to be the apple of your eye. I'm willing for you to tell me who I am because they've lied to me. They've abandoned me. They've abused me. They've neglected me. I trusted them and they, and they, and they, they were counterfeit. Nothing. I'm telling you the heavens are blowing trumpets tonight. The fact that you're standing, that you're saying, I want more of him in my life. I want him to compress whatever I've carried out of me. And I'm telling you, when that doctor heals, he heals. He heals so well that you can't remember. He restores. I'm not the one doing it so I can boast in it. I can brag. I can say, dear God, when you go to him tonight and don't, you're standing... Men, the unmarried men in the room, do not settle. Do not think that every girl in this country is, has been washed up. You don't understand. Look around the room. These are the Esthers of our time. And it doesn't mean if you're sitting, you're not. But these are the Esthers coming into their own. These are the ones where God's saying, Oh, oh, Mary Magdalene. Oh, oh, Mary. Watch what I'm about to do through you. Watch what I'm about to do in you. 
I speak blessing over you. I speak blessing over your future husbands. I speak that you will have a husband that is a king. A king. One that says, Jesus is my champion. You will not have to fix a man. You are not going to settle. You are not going to settle. You're not going to settle for anything that's counterfeit. Woman, 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 one with womb, woman. This is a new day. This is a new day, sister. This is a new day tomorrow. Go tonight. You cancel every idea you had. I don't care what. If you got a boyfriend, tell him, do take a hike, go fish or something. <laughs> I need time with Jesus. And I'm asking you tonight, alone, just you, like Jesus in the garden. No cell phone. I even want to go as far as saying, don't even, don't even, just let the Holy Spirit come meet you and let the doctor start healing. And the testimonies that are going to come from this house will blow our minds because men, We don't know what's standing. What could be standing today is two rapes, sex trafficking, forced abortion, neglect, fathers coming into the rooms of these daughters at night. We don't know what's standing. The courage that it takes for you to make a mark. Everything you do in the physical echoes in the spiritual. Everything. Everything is a spiritual agreement. Everything is about occupying territory. So right now, you are sending a signal to Satan and his minions to say, I am a woman of God. I am a daughter of Christ. I am one that says, occupy me. I honor you. I bless you. I speak an anointing over you. The guy that gets to be with you Better be a champion. But you're going to be a daughter. And you're going to get your identity restored. And you're going to get the wounds healed. And your heart's going to be filled. And he's going to press into you, sister. So that you, when the hour comes, will say, If I die, I die. But I'm going to go represent my king. Have a seat, please. I want to speak a blessing over this house. I want to honor Kevin Tips. I want to honor Aaron. I want to honor Michael Miller. I want to honor Truman. I want to honor J. Lou. I want to honor Sarah Beth and the worship team. Bless you, sister. Um, I asked Michael Miller one day, Michael, the church is moving. Please tell me it's staying in Dallas proper. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, because God marked this church. A curse was lifted off of Dallas Friday. You may not know this. In 1973, Dallas, Texas was the birthplace of Roe v. Wade. 60% of the judges that day that voted Roe in self-proclaimed as Christians. Friday, a curse was lifted off this city. Now it's war. Now it's our job to go take territory. And do you know how, I, how we take territory? We get souls 
to see their identity in Christ. That's how we take territory. So Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Yeshua, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the name above all names. And yes, Satan, I will remind you that he is the King of Kings and we're grafted in. We are adopted. We're heirs, rightful heirs, sitting in the throne room as we speak. Yes, on earth, but in heaven. We are reaching up to heaven and we say, God, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Healing over these men, healing over these women. We need blueprints. We need secrets, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you Hold the keys to death and it has no sting. Thank you that you want to heal. You want to come and visit with us. You want to inhabitate us. You want to come fully occupy. We invite you, God. I speak a blessing over this house. May the powers and principalities know that this house is a house of the Lord. That this house says the Lord rests here. I pray that every single living soul in this room would become a temple of God where you rest, God. Where you press, God. Where you move us, God. Take us to the nations. Make us the tip of the spear. We say, yes, Lord. We don't need a boat, God. We will go. We will go to Nineveh, God. We will willingly go. But first, Father, we will go to the dark corners of our own hearts and we will hunt Satan. And we will surrender that territory back to you, Jesus. May they not see us. May they see you in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.